Fee's meeting is the most important meeting of anything that's ever been said. <clears throat> Just have a moment to stretch everybody um, if you want to. Okay, don't, don't worry. Um, when we were worshipping, I just I was thinking quickly around this this thing of when Jesus sends out his disciples in uh, where am I? Matthew ten. It just looks so down to earth. He's chatting with them and saying to them, "Go." The names all the all the all the disciples, the first uh, the twelve and. Um, and then he just says, uh, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only go to the people of Israel, the lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out the demons. Give as freely as you've received. Don't take any money belts, no gold, no silver. He goes on, don't take a bag, don't take a lot of things. If they don't want you there, shake off the dust. Just move on. It just sounds so relaxed. Just this atmosphere that he talks about going and living in the coming of the kingdom. I just was quite struck with that while we were worshipping this morning. It's not what I'm preaching about, but the, the reminder I want to make to you guys is that if you just take out your hand with me, it's always tricky with this. We need to get a Michael Jackson thing here. That's a mic. Um, or better, the one from uh, Prince. I watched that movie this week. It's brilliant, eh? Queen. Queen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was confused. I always confuse those two. Yeah, I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> but the... Um, yeah, he, he's, he's good with the mic. He's got the part, the pole part. Have you guys watched that movie? Bohemian Rhapsody. Jeez, it's good. Take out your hand. Take it out as you do. And then this is what the scripture is actually saying. Is that the, the kingdom of God is at hand. So it's, it's that close. That was, that's what that measurement is describing. At hand. When you say to someone, it's at hand. It's right, it's right there. At hand. That's what that means. I want to remind you of that. That the healing of the sick, the raising of the dead, the casting out of the demons, the pronouncing of the good news. That's, that is for us as believers. It's at hand. So maybe just to make it stay with you, just do it on someone else's hand next to you. It's, it's there. Right there. So someone's sick. So somebody near you is sick. Or, or someone's died and you're, and you're not trying to do a fake resurrection. Wh- whatever has happened. Something's... <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. We believe help us with our unbelief. <laughs> you, somebody's sick or somebody's just died. Actually dead. And someone is hopeless. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Right there. Right there. It's on the tip of our tongues. Immediately just declaring the coming of the kingdom. We don't have to do anything else. Just to declare the kingdom of God is here. It's right here. So we just say, well, thank you Jesus that your kingdom is here. And I just want to remind you guys that the servants know. We get to walk in this activated life. This crazy life that outside of these walls people say is spirituality or whatever but what we know it to be is relational it's this hearing God and then responding just the kingdom of God is at hand someone's just said to me I'm sick and I'm just going to respond with 
possibly a wild declaration that's going to freak them out and make them well, or just a gentle touch, whatever, in the moment, the Spirit's doing, and we get to respond. Yeah. That was a rabbit hole. Good one, though. Can I, can I preach to you guys for another 15 minutes? You're right. Okay, good. The um, service is not a chore. It's a response. God doesn't need our help. He wants intimate relationship with us. We get to serve. It's a privilege. And we serve at the request of His Majesty. Some notes that I took out from a preacher that a few weeks back for you guys to remind you. There's a real invitation on us this year to become a people known for service. Not for acts of good deeds, for serving the kingdom. Serving what God's doing in, around, amongst. Serving and obeying. Ray, I'm so glad you joined us. You missed such important notices. I'm just teasing you, but I talked about a lot of good things that Ray and I had a good chat about this week, so thanks for sparking that for me. Um, Somebody said to me this week, I can see you're quite religious, and made me angry. (laughs) and I just thought I'm not religious but how do you respond how do you respond guys just agree just agree agree. you know how you respond I'm not religious I'm in love okay I thought it worked went down it was conversational engagement yeah okay but you're not normally up for that kind of effort but we should be because that's what we are doing that's what's first the kingdom above all else people are hopeless and when they say to you oh you're religious they're looking at you they're just putting you in a box and saying okay I've, I've got you I've got you I've captured you you are religious you are this thing and I understand you now and it's quite easy because I've just contained you there and now I'm okay I can move on I can just co- coexist with you but when you shatter that and you break that and you say that's absolutely not true and I'm upset that you said that it shifts things because we're not religious we're relational so you can use that if you want to. I'd like to hear how many of you get hit. Or how many of you are up for being hit. And it really does make me sad, I think, a lot of the time. when that We said this a few times this year, but that we don't talk about Jesus enough in our days, in our life. Yeah. We're willing to come here and we worship together and we lift His name up and really have like an amazing moment as we sing. I'll build my life and put my trust in you alone. And we're all just like, wow, your presence, amazing this morning. And then we don't talk about him for three days. And then we have like a weird, another moment, okay, then we're like, Wednesday night, we'll talk about Jesus again. Whatever. Honestly, let's think about our, let's have a count this week. Come back with a count. Like carry a clicker and count every time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Do a foot, foot traffic mall count and come back with a score. I'd love to know. Someone make an app. You just, yeah. It really does make me sad, and I think about it a lot. I think about it all the time, actually. I think, how can I have a day where I don't talk about Jesus and, and talk about my encounters with Him? It's mostly when I'm having a day when I'm not having encounters with Him that I'm feeling so caught by that. Yeah, we are His. It's like our lives are His. You know, we are these holy, set apart people, temples royal priesthood in the image of God beautifully made to exist in this relational life this partnership with God 
if you haven't yet said, I'll give my life to you, then you're not his. But if you have, which I think most of you have in this room, then you're his. Are you? Are you? That's the question for the day. Are you really? Yeah. Melt was good last week. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks to the Fundispay crew there in the back row again for bringing your dad along. He's lacquer. I love that. Did you guys see that? <laughs> he makes a point and then he hits it. It's so good. No one saw it. Jeez. I'm going to bring it back. So I, I thought I'd talk a little bit, building on what Melt was saying. Um, are you his? I just want to ask you again. Good. Um, just this theme of suffering and breakthrough. And I've, I felt the Spirit prompted me a little while ago to start reading the story of Gideon. So I want to talk, about, talk out of Judges 6. It's um, the story of Gideon, okay? So if you have a Bible, you can go to Judges 6. And I just want to talk on that theme a little bit. That's the sound of a paper Bible, everybody. But also, I don't really vouch for them because the pages are so thin you can read the other side. It's actually not lacquer nowadays. Um, the verse of the day the other day was Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Those verses that just come to you and you're just like, oh, I needed to read that, I needed to read that. And then I read it and then I got quite upset, which I want to talk about a little bit later. The, the story um, in Judges 6 picks up after many years of struggling. The Israelites have had different rulers. The most recent one was a lady called Deborah. They had lots of people that come, they get this breakthrough and they draw back closer to God and then they draw away again and they go into idols and Baal and all these different things. And they keep going and then getting just utterly destroyed and then enslaved and then back. And, and so it's happened, like, I, I didn't actually count, but it happened, I would say, on a 40-year, it looked like it's sort of like a 40-year window, which is like one person's life. So while that person was alive, they stayed holy and then that person died and then they just went right back into their snake life. And um, so it picks up there and Gideon is the next guy who God's, in his kindness and in his mercy, he sends him and, and, and says, okay, yeah, let, me, let me send a new person to bring redemption to, to Israel. And uh, so <clears throat> verse 11, it says, the angel of the Lord uh, came in the character of a traveler who sat down in the shade to enjoy a little refreshment and repose and entered into a conversation with God. Isn't that quite cool? I'm just going to pick and choose out of the story because it's a long chapter, okay? But you'll get the whole story in the way I pick and choose out of it. So the angel comes in the, in the character of this traveler and I just immediately was just like, geez, how many people are doing that with me all the time? Wanting to have a conversation about the deeper things, the more meaningful things. That's not what I'm talking about. But, so this angel come, enters into a conversation with God and I feel like that's the posture of God towards all of us all the time. I'm dead keen to enter into a conversation with you all the time. If you'll just sit down under the tree and listen. And then, so the angel says, you know, God is with you. He's appointed you to bring redemption to Israel. 
So I'm from going from verse 11 now. And then Gideon says, okay, that's, that's great, but I don't believe. If you will just bear with me, please, humbly. He says, Lord, if you'll just bear with me, can you just prove to me that it is you and that you are really with me? And so then he asks for uh, three different signs. And he goes through these signs. And, and in God's kindness and in his mercy, he is willing to do it. Isn't that incredible? So the first one, he goes and he slaughters a goat and he brings the goat back and he puts the goat on the altar and then just born fire, consumes everything. And then later on, again, he, they've now, he's now moved, believed God, what God said a bit later. Then he goes into this little thing and he says, I don't know what a fleece is. It sounds like a cloth of their day or something, a piece of wool. And says, if the wool is, is, is wet but the ground is dry, then I know you're with me. And then God does it. And then he says, just one more. Listen, tonight, I don't want to be tricky, but if the wool is dry and the ground is wet, then I know, then I really know. And he does that. And God's willing to just relationally encounter with this journey with this guy and his doubt. And uh, I just wanted to tell you guys that because I think like a lot of us all the time, there's, there's things going on that are, that are chaotic and we actually have a, a warped view that it's, not, that it's somehow a sin to doubt. It's somehow a sin to go through a hard thing and not have the pure mind through as you're going through some kind of form of suffering all the time. It's okay to question. It's all the time. This is, this is a very normal relational way of like, yes, I'm hearing you, but also I still don't believe. I'm, I'm, in relationship, that's okay because our, our end goal, our end uh, objective is the same. It's like is we want to honor God and we want to say yes to Him. So He's doing this in this, in this beautiful spirit. It's like, Lord, but um, if you don't mind, just please, because I'm just, I'm just like that guy who just can't get it. And, and I think some of you can agree. Would you? Anybody? A little bit? And I just wanted to tell you that it's okay. But it's not so much that I'm declaring it's okay to have doubts. I'm, I'm declaring that it's okay to respond to doubt properly, relationally with God. So you're having doubts, but you take it to God, and you take it to Him, and you engage with God on those things. And so builds relationship doesn't actually break and cause you to move away from relationship because you're doubting. Does that make sense? So I am doubting, so I'm going to move towards God. And I'm going to say, God, I'm doubting. Can you help me with that? Why, why am I not seeing you break through in this thing? Why am I not? Whatever the cases are, as you're going through suffering. So God uh, speaks this word, picking up Gideon again. He says to him, go break down the altar of Baal. He, he, he's not willing to do it in the daytime because everyone loves the altar of Baal. So he does it at night. And then in the morning, they all wake up and the altar of Baal has been broken down. And they're all like, who did this? Who did this? Who did this? And they eventually find out that it's, 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 it's him. And uh, I think, I don't know how to say his father's name, Joe, Joe Ash or Joey, just something. Um, and then he, like, he hides him for a bit and then eventually he says, okay, it was him. And then they name Gideon, Jared Baal, the one who, who breaks down Baal. There's lots of diff- different uh, definitions for that name, but sort of the one who defeats Baal. And so for the rest of his life, he was known as either Gideon or Jeroboam. And so he's this guy who defeated Baal as well as what he does later on. In that time, he, so he breaks down Baal. They all don't like him there. He's just broken down. Imagine someone sort of coming and, and doing like a fees must fall on the center of your town, on the statue that you all love, and breaking it. And then everyone's sort of looking for you and saying, we, we, you know, we don't like you. And so then the next thing he has to do is just invite them all to join him on a campaign to go and destroy the Midianites and so he does that somehow obviously the Spirit of God is on him because he's able to enlist them thousands of them to join him 
the guy that just called Jeroboam. So he enlists them all and they join him and they go. He calls from all the different tribes. Um, and I think that's quite powerful. There's a book I was reminded by um, a guy called Herb Cohen. If you want to ever do good business, you should read it. It's called You Can Negotiate Anything. And I just thought of, have you read that book? It's old. It's from the 80s. And Josh gave it to me on an illegal PDF. But it's, it's, it's old. You can't find it. So maybe that justifies it. I don't know. That normally did. Years back, that used to work. Till we, the conviction came. <laughs> and anyway, I just thought, immediately I thought of Herb Cohen. Because I was reading this, I thought, geez, you can't really negotiate anything. They're, they're antagonistic towards you. But in that moment, he was able to... F- flip it and to say, I broke the statue down because you guys need to come with me because this is not what's what going to happen next. I've got something bigger for you. That's like a classic Herb Cohen. It's called The Flip. You'll read about it. I really encourage you guys to read it. I'm not going to let my kids read it until they pass their teen years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, until they're out the house, exactly. Jeez. I actually did give it to a friend of mine's 13-year-old daughter and he's really been upset with me since. Whenever we meet, we chat because she can read. She reads a lot and and she's been using the stuff on him. uh, Yeah, so airtime, the kind of requests people are at at 13. So they had a whole lot of people. He got thousands of people. I think it was 32,000 together from all the different tribes of Israel, all over. Got them together and they, they were encamped. And in that, in that time, they all were feeling quite strong and powerful. But it said that the Midianite army was many as locusts. I don't know how much more you have to declare locusts is versus 32,000. But 32,000 people in a camp is a lot. And God said that this is, I've got an issue with this because this group think that they could defeat them. And it will be in their strength. And it will be in their own power. And that just speaks of beautifully of God wanting us to be people who have the highest regard for what he built in us and this thing of of the defeating of the Midianites for us is a picture of how we are his workmanship and we get to honor him as for what he did and we simply just journeyed along and responded as God did things with us and moved with us so he sends he gets Gideon he says anybody who's afraid let them go immediately I reckon I mean, that must have been quite a weird thing to put your hand up for. Yes, I am afraid amongst you other men. Can you imagine? At a bri. Anyone scared? <laughs> no one to put their hand up. Everyone else is like completely scared, but no one's willing to put their hand up. Let's talk about rugby. Then there's 10,000 remaining. And he says there's still too many. So then they go down to the water. Some of you remember the story from when you were in Sunday school days. And anyone who drank in a certain way... He said they should stay. There was 300 of them. They left the water. And so I was a bit confused because I always understood it was the right thing to do is to get down on the knee and use your hand to get the water. That was what I, yes. But then I've been reading in some different translations and now I'm a bit confused. Was it the guys who put their heads in the stream or not? I don't know. But I don't think it matters. But it, it threw me because I always, I don't know if you guys, you have, it stays with you. What's the, what's the wise way to drink from a river here? I thought that that was, you get those lessons and then they stay with you and then, you, you know. So I always do that. But um, 300 are left. And he says to them in verse uh, 7, With the 300 that lapped, I will deliver you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go to their homes. And then here comes 
Gideon again with his, very much like the rest of us. He says, God, I know you're with me. You've talked to me a lot and everything, but it's just still too scary. So he says to him, okay, go to the Midianite camp tonight. And him and Gideon and, and another guy go to the camp and they overhear some two soldiers on the outskirts of the camp talking about a dream that one of them had had. And in that dream, it was about like these balls of fire coming over and their whole camp is destroyed. And they overheard this and that stirred the faith in him. So again, God like worked with Gideon's doubt and he worked with the thing that he didn't believe. Which is just, for me, it's just so beautiful how God with us, this journey of relationship with us is never, we don't arrive at a place like you must believe by now and if you don't, you're unworthy. He's just wanting relationship the whole time, this engagement. So they have this, this it says that it, the dream was, it's quite a cool picture, this is chaos. And actually I forgot something to tell you earlier. If you guys are into gory stuff, go read Judges. I read some hectic stuff in here. People getting stabbed in the head with a pent, with a, a tent peg by like this woman who said, no, lie here for a bit, I'll look after you. And then as he slept, like crazy stuff. And then leaves him there, pegged into the ground. And then the other guys come looking and says, yeah, yeah, I've got him. And she lifts the blanket and there's the guy with the peg. It's crazy stuff and some other even more hectic ones. It's definitely where a lot of the inspiration is coming from. So he, he brings us along at a pace that we can handle. And I just love that with what, how this relationship with Gideon. He's already got this camp. He sent, all, they've all gone away and now there's 300 left and they've got to now do this thing. And, and he's still at that last moment got these doubts and God brings, bring us, brings us along at a pace we can handle. And that's really for me been my experience and my journey of just under, learning to, to discover the grace for that moment, for that day. As we, as we, as we journey with God, just the, the, His grace for the moment is now sufficient. And I uh, just want to remind you of that, that we don't need to have the revelation. Them defeated. I've come through it. We just need to have the moment, the next step with the Father in relationship. It's, it's in this moment that I, and I yes, okay, I, I heard that dream. Okay, now I can go do the next thing. So he gets the 300 together and they go and they, and they uh, stand around the camp with these lamps and they hide the lamps and, they, and uh, cause chaos in the camp. Yeah, so, um, sorry, I just got sidetracked. I remembered I was going to talk about the Psalm 143 thing. Um, I was thinking about that thing quickly, just on that point. Was, he says, teach me to do your will. Uh, you are my God, um, and, and let your spirit lead me on level ground. And um, the thought I had was, I was... That afternoon I went on a run and I thought, I don't like level ground. Because level ground is when I forget how much I need God. So I actually started taking an issue with that, that um, song, that verse. Isn't it at that moment of you've like sort of come through something challenging and you've, and you've walked through something. And then you have that window, as I said about the Israelites earlier, where you can begin to forget the goodness of God and the character that is formed and the fact that it's Him that did the work and that we just partnered and walked with Him. And we have this, like, this moment. And obviously no one here is going to put up, well, I know one other person who put up their hand and say, I like climbing hills. But most people wouldn't. And the, when I read that, I was just like, Flip, I don't actually like level ground. So I'm like praying this prayer and I'm saying, teach me your ways and lead me on level ground. But actually I'm nervous of level ground because level ground is when I begin to doubt again. And I begin to go right back into 
but you know anyway so that was my little uh, side note on just telling you guys that they they they, they completely annihilated the Midianites and they raised Gideon up as this hero and everything and in that moment it was in when he had his, his like at the height of his like esteem from the Israelites he had his biggest challenge because they wanted him to be the king of Israel and it's at the height of this breakthrough moment when you can now just level out and just go into this place of like yes I'm the king I've walked with God I've been faithful I can just journey now with God and then just forget everything of the relationship and the encounter and that and so um, that's why I don't like level ground because I'm nervous of it because of what it possibly could do to me um, and I wouldn't change those moments of climbing and going through hard things for anything I think most of you would agree the character that it forms in you just the thing yeah so um, I've, I, I, ran, I ran ahead a little bit but I'm almost finished a question as, as Gideon gets them to, to, to overrun the Midianites. I just love that phrase because we just changed our name to Signal Church. It says, on the signal, it's going to come up a bit, I think, in the Bible from time to time, or at least actually only in this story as far as I know it. On the signal yelling, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And it just sparked for me this question for you guys. If, on what announcement are we running? On what announcements are we moving? Each one of us. The sword of the Lord and for Gideon. It's just like in that order, this thing of the glory of God and then because this, I see his spirit in someone and I'm, I'm, I'm running because of that because I can believe on that. And I want to leave you with that question and ask you that. On what sort of announcement are you moving? Okay? Is it a clear enough description of that question? Yeah. So, to close off, to just remind you guys that the scripture never changes. And we, the ones who change, we discover what God's always been saying. And we learn to understand it with new words and new ways. And different articulation helps us to get it better. And so your language and your understanding of it must be growing and changing. I read someone's t-shirt yesterday, the whole thing about evolution and everything. And at the end, this, the closing line said something along the lines of, the ones who most who adapt fastest to change will survive. And so I want to remind you of that, that the Spirit is always moving and doing something with us. And it's our response. It's not a sense of, being a believer is not a sense of responsibility to God. It's a, it's a place of response in relationship with Him. So let's stand and pray. Yeah, the closing comment I make is that we are the created and the created get to partner with the Creator. And I want to remind you of that, that there's an ease to that. There's no pressure on the created to do more than they were created to do. We get to be in relationship, to partner with God in whatever He might be leading us to do. And, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now. Things you might have spoken into our hearts this morning. 
by your Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you come? Your kingdom come amongst us right now. And that just means we want to see God's presence manifest and for healing and for breakthrough and for freedom. So let your kingdom come right now, Holy Spirit. Every possible way. And we don't want to miss a thing that you could have been doing or saying amongst us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that in this, in this coming week you're breaking off distractions of us. That we're getting to a place where we are constantly encountering you, Jesus. That we've made that declaration that we are yours. We are yours. We've given ourselves to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you just come by your Spirit right now and you're breaking off distractions. Welcome in this place healing come where we've had wrong thoughts cause us to, to respond quickly and repent and change and move back to you swiftly in our thought lives just had a cool day yesterday cleaning our um, house a bit and I just want to remind some of you that that's it's a great place to start of saying to God, I'm going to do this in faith, but this is what's going to happen in some other areas of my life. So go and spend Sunday cleaning and sorting out and throwing away. Do some Maria Kondo stuff on, your, on the things you own. You do not bring me joy. Don't do it to a partner. There's a meme going around of that. I think Ella shared it with us. A lady dropping her boyfriend off a cliff. You do not bring me joy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we thank you for your presence that you move amongst us. And I, I'm going to close the meeting off now, but I would urge you, if you'd like to get prayer because you feel like you want to journey relationally better with God um, than you have been through whatever you're going through, come here and we'll, I'll pray with you. Gaz is here. Please, yeah, we'll pray with you. Otherwise, have a lovely Sunday. Bless you. Thanks for coming.